Hello, this is John Sloat and Rory McLeod. You're listening to HAE Radio, a show exploring the realities of life with HAE in Canada. On today's episode, we will be discussing the function of HAE Canada and its role within the HAE community. We will be talking to members, researchers, and patients about their perspectives on HAE Canada and its goals and objectives. But before we get to them, let's talk briefly about what HAE Canada is and what we do. HAE Canada is a national patient advocacy organization. We are dedicated to providing our members with the information and resources they need to improve their quality of life. Our team tries to embrace five core values, advocacy, respect, learning, collaboration, and stewardship. We strive to achieve optimum health and well-being for those living with HAE and other related angioedema in Canada. HAE Canada has a diverse audience, including HAE patients, healthcare providers, and their family, friends, and coworkers. As a listener, you are part of the ever-growing HAE community. Together, we can create meaningful change for people living with HAE. In this episode, we will explore the cornerstones of our organization from the perspectives of some of our members. Today, we will hear from Regional Director Bob Simon, Regional Director Ann Rowe, Amanda Howlett, and our President, Jackie Bedieu. Bob Simon is the Regional Director for Western Canada and one of HAE Canada's Board of Directors. He is a strong advocate for HAE patients nationwide. We sat down with him on October 17th at the Rare Blood Disorder Education Day in Calgary. Thanks for sitting down with me today, Bob. Thanks, John. I appreciate the opportunity. I guess I'll kick it off by asking you how you see HAE Canada facilitating advocacy in the HAE community. Okay, well, first of all, um, I'd like to mention that I am a patient with HE, which is hereditary angioedema, and it's been in our family for decades. It's included my father, uh, two sons, a brother, a niece and a nephew, as well as myself. Uh, But with the development of our national office in Ottawa and with the staff that we've put in place, uh, our executive director, Tim Howell and John Sloat, I think it's uh, been great for us. Uh, We've been able to put on patient events across Canada. Uh, They've developed a a website that has been very easy to navigate for patients, caregivers, and medical professionals, which is very informative and educational with uh, excellent information on HEE. Now, with the development of Facebook and Twitter, this is going to be added benefits, along with now the development of radio podcasts. Uh, in what capacity do you work with HAE Canada? I've sit on the board of directors. I've uh, became the regional director for Manitoba, Saskatchewan, and um, have also been asked to sit on the finance committee for HAE Canada, along with the getting involved with the NRBDO and CORD. And I've also had the opportunity to speak at a Canadian Blood Services transfusion symposium in Regina, Saskatchewan, which has helped to um, educate and inform people within the health system in Saskatchewan. This type of event builds uh, a connection between all levels of health care right up to government representatives. You've had a, you've had a lot of experience with HAE um, over your life, and you've, you've seen how the culture has shifted 
Uh, I was hoping you could speak a little bit about what, what you've seen and how you think things have changed. Well, thanks, John. Um, well, I guess, first of all, I'd like to um, probably emphasize more that HE is a natural disorder, and um, I'd like to get away from the disease part of it. And many years ago, HE was uh, originally diagnosed as being angioneurotic edema, and it's just not something that's in your head. Uh, it's for real, and it does affect people. More people now are becoming properly diagnosed and treated. Now with um, home infusion having a huge impact on patients' lives, it's taking them out of the emergency rooms and freeing up space for other patients. Medical professionals have also become more informed uh, about HAE and now with uh, proper treatment, largely through the efforts of HAE Canada, patients are being treated properly. What do you think still needs to be accomplished? Well, John, probably more the awareness, diagnosis, and proper treatment for patients that are outside the urban areas, uh, patients that uh, don't have the luxury of um, going to the large hospitals and, and, and being looked after properly. Perhaps uh, medical professionals um, still need to be informed uh, more about HE and the resources that are available that um, can be a big help. Although home infusion has a huge impact on patients' lives, an oral treatment down the road uh, would be far easier on patients. Great. Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for taking the time out of your day to sit down with me and talk about this. Uh, we really appreciate your time. Thank you, John. Appreciate it. That was Regional Director Bob Simon. As mentioned, advocacy is an inclusive and ongoing process and is one of HAE Canada's core values. Next, we will be speaking with Anne Rowe. Anne is Regional Director for the Atlantic Provinces and a board member as well. As a patient and nurse, she has a valuable perspective on living with HAE. We reached her at her home in Halifax. Hi, Anne. Hi, John. I'd like to start by asking you, what, what's your role with HAE Canada? I'm a member of the Board of Directors. I'm chair of the Governance Committee, Regional Director for Atlantic Canada, and I'm a patient navigator for some patients where I try to assist them in getting doctors, uh, specialists into specialists if they haven't got one, and advising them, uh, you know, what they should say to their family doctor and maybe get some other services for them once in a while if I have to uh, connect with, you know, other resources in the community. Could you provide us with a brief history of HAE Canada? Uh, yes, I will uh, explain when I got interested in uh, HAE patients in the beginning as a group in 2000 and 2001. My immunologist at the time told me about a meeting in uh, Ontario, meeting of Canadian and uh, international uh, specialists who treat HAE patients. I went to that meeting and I learned a lot and I met some patients. Uh, one lady at that meeting was coordinating uh, the small group of patients and as she wanted to try and help others uh, learn about HAE and help the patients. I joined that group, and in uh, that group existed for a, for a few years, and then she got busy, and our group disbanded. In 2010, I attended a meeting in May 2010 of the same specialists as was at the meeting, or the earlier meeting in 2001, 2000, or 2000. 
and uh, the people, there were about six patients at that meeting. Some of them were the same ones I'd met earlier. Uh, one of the specialists at that meeting uh, met us after the meeting and said we had to form a formal patient group and advocate for patients and work towards a comprehensive care program so all patients would get optimum treatment in Canada. A lady at that group uh, offered to coordinate and spearhead our organizing um, process. So she became the founder, and we organized and went on committees, phoned each other, emailed each other, and continued that until 2000, until we formally had a group and the bylaws uh, prepared. And then uh, we found a uh, part-time executive director in Toronto who um, uh, administered our group until uh, the, the early part of 2014. And in 2014, uh, we moved the office to Ottawa. Three of us, three women on the, org on the governance committee chose an office in Ottawa after I had kind of uh, looked for a couple of different ones. And then we interviewed uh, our present uh, executive director, Tim Howe. And that's how our um, office ended up in Ottawa and we're operating out of this site. How has being a nurse affected your experience as an HAE patient? Well, uh, once I got diagnosed, I uh, learned a lot about the condition. And uh, before I was diagnosed, I had many episodes and I just had to learn to organize my life around my HAE attacks because we didn't know how to control them or anything. But after I was diagnosed, I... Uh, certainly learned a lot more and learned about the different uh, medications that would help me and uh, communicated really well with my... I was lucky to have really good immunologists and uh, uh, they were very approachable and uh, let me know of any of the different drugs there were and helped me decide which medications to treat myself or for them to treat me with. And... Uh, I uh, then, as I, as time went on, I when I got involved in HAE in HAE Canada, or in the previous organization, I felt that I could uh, uh, help other patients by explaining, you know, how the process worked for me to get diagnosed and how my condition uh, <laughs> was controlled, and. Uh, how I chose to, to go on different medications and the advantages of one over the other. So that's sort of how I got into the patient navigator role for some patients because I wanted to share my experience and try and help them, uh, you know, become, um, become improved in their condition and uh, by getting the right treatment or having the doctors get into doctors that could give them the correct the correct treatment and the, the most up-to-date treatments. Well, thank you for your contribution to our show today. It's been a real pleasure talking with you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. 
You're listening to HAE Radio. For more information on HAE Canada, you can check out our website at haecanada.org. There you can get involved, request resources, check out our strategic plan, and become a member. One of our sponsors, BioCrest, is looking for patients to participate in a clinical trial. For more information, search BioCrest, that's B-I-O-C-R-Y-S-T, on the website clinicaltrials.gov. Welcome back. Just a quick recap. Before the intermission, we heard from Bob Simon and Ann Rowe, two of our regional directors. Next up, we have Amanda Howlett. Amanda is a patient and active HAE Canada member from Southern Ontario. She recently graduated with a law degree, and we spoke with her about her experiences as a young adult with HAE. So, Amanda, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Great, thank you. Okay, so what role do you think that you play in the HAE community in Canada? Okay, well, uh, as it stands right now, I am personally involved in a couple of committees with HAE Canada, but I think my biggest role that I played there is being part of a media campaign. So I was involved in some social media promos. Uh, we filmed some videos just trying to get the word out there. I have done a couple of interviews with some newspapers just trying to let people know who we are, what we do, and connect with other people that have HAE and were maybe going through it on their own so that they know that there's an organization out there that they can get in contact with. That's great. Um, Where do you think that youth fit in this community? I think that um, it's really important, I guess, when you're a young person, things are a little bit different for you than they are for an adult. You have different problems, different issues. I mean, I guess going, going through high school especially is difficult enough on its own, but uh, to go through with something that can make you feel different from other people, different than your peers, especially with some of the physical symptoms of HAE, having to go to school with visible swelling, it can just be a bit stressful. So I think it's really great for youth to get involved and talk to each other, share their own personal situations and, you know, so they don't feel as alienated and can maybe relate to each other. Absolutely. So based on your experience, uh, how do you think that youth and younger people can participate in HAE Canada and the greater overall HAE community? Well, in my experience, I think one of the biggest things that young people can do is show up At uh, a lot of the meetings that we have, they have meetings all across Canada in different areas, just the different updates. And a lot of times I feel like the youth don't necessarily want to go. A lot of times when young people are there, it's because their parents dragged them along and convinced them to go. But every time that I go when I'm there and talking to young people, you you just kind of get a different perspective, even if you're from a family like I am where – Multiple people in the family have gone through this. I can talk to other people about how it feels like. For me, there's little things that just, it's different when you're talking to people your own age, little things. One of the big ones that I always notice is that you go to university, maybe starting to go to parties, starting to go to bars. And for me, sugar was always a trigger. And I never really pieced together that alcohol is basically sugar. So I would go out with my friends, go out to a bar, have a good time, and then start to have a bit of an attack the next day. And it took me a while to maybe piece that all together and realize that that's because that was a trigger. 
So I think youth getting together and talking about things like that, I mean, people aren't necessarily going to want to talk to their parents about having an HAE attack after drinking alcohol, because maybe that's just not something that they're going to want to talk to their parents about. Well, absolutely. And based on that note, what do you think that HAE Canada can do for youth in younger demographics? I think that it would be really great for them to encourage the youth to get together. Um, I know we went to a national, international thing for HAE down in the States, and they had a little bit of a panel where just the younger people all got together and talked to each other. So it wasn't just necessarily sitting through the presentations learning about HAE. They actually got the younger people together in a room to just get to know each other, and it's a little bit a little bit more exciting for kids to talk to each other and a little bit easier for them to relate and probably a little bit less boring to not be sitting through doctors going on and on about it and just talking about things that relate to them. Well, I think that uh, some of the big ones, especially when, you know, you're in the higher levels of high school going into university, there's a lot of stuff that you go through that you don't realize is actually a trigger for your HE. Uh, you're starting to get involved in school. You're getting stressed out. You're pulling late nights, working on your schoolwork, and stress itself is actually a trigger. So you're going through all that stuff, you know, trying to get a paper finish, get it done on time staying up late, and then to add on that stress, now you're getting sick because you're having an HAE attack. Another big one that I found that just doesn't tend to occur to a lot of people is, you know, you turn 19, you go out with your friends to a bar or something like that, have a couple of drinks, and for me, sugar was always a trigger, and I just never pieced together that alcohol is essentially just pure sugar. So you'd go out for a late night, and maybe other people would get hangovers, but you'd end up having a full-blown HAE attack and then, you know, have your hands and face swollen for two or three days. Um, another big one that especially affects females is that one of the things that tends to trigger it off for a lot of people is estrogen. So you start to take an estrogen-based birth control, which is 90% of the stuff on the market, and then you're taking it and it's actually making your attacks worse. And you just kind of don't necessarily piece it together. Doctors just don't necessarily think about it, especially if you're dealing with a GP who isn't super familiar with HAE itself. And uh, I found in talking to other young people that until someone mentioned it, it just never occurred to them that they were having these attacks when they were on the pill. If they stopped taking it, then they stopped having the attacks, but they just never made the connection yeah thank you so much for your time we really uh, really appreciate your participation no problem glad to help we just heard from amanda howlett addressing some of the issues that are faced by younger members of the hae community and the importance of youth participation at patient events finally we spoke with jackie bedieu the president of hae canada jackie is a patient nurse and caregiver and she has been involved with hae canada in many different capacities over the years she has been a strong voice for early diagnosis and accessible treatment for Canadian HAE patients. We reached her at her home near Winnipeg. Hi, Jackie. How are you doing? Hi, Rory. I'm doing well today. Thank you. What is your relationship with HAE as a condition? And would you like to share a personal story to that effect? 
I guess um, the first time I ever realized I had anything, I woke up in the middle of the night with a stomach swelling. Um, my father, who was a man who was often up at night, which I didn't know why, but that night I found out for the same reason with symptoms of HAE, um, told me, he said, you have it. And I said, I have what? He said, and they at the time would call it a weak heart. And he said, don't tell anybody you have this because you will never, no one will ever hire you. We keep this secret in our family, but this is how we go about caring for someone with it. And my dad, because this illness, when you have attacks last two, three days, my dad thought that drinking raw eggs would make this go away in two, three days. So that's what he told me to do. I drank these raw eggs in the night. I was in a lot of pain for three days, drinking these raw eggs, vomiting these raw eggs (laughs) during these three days and keeping it quiet, not even telling my other siblings that I had this. So, and this had been happening. And now where we sit as our family, we're looking at the fifth generation of this, and it was when my daughter became very ill, like I explained for HA Canada, that uh, took us 13 and a half years, my husband and I, with having two of our children ill, trying to seek a diagnosis. And the reason I did is because when we were losing my father, um, my father asked me, he, my father, said he had enough money to, for me to become a nurse, and he wanted me to figure this out. Well, thank you very much for raising that point. That's definitely a topic that we'll address further in later episodes as far as the culture and the, uh, we'll say, code of silence around the uh, the diagnosis of the condition. So what is the role of HAE Canada and the greater HAE community? Um, HAE Canada at the moment is, um, we're there to navigate patients to seek the best possible care that they can have. Um, my goal is that with time we will know about somebody when they are first diagnosed, not find out about someone with this condition after, after they've been through some very challenging times. Um, I would like that we would be able to guide them um, through the entire process, make sure they have all the available resources at their fingertips so they can leave the, the best quality of life possible. Who would you say is HAE Canada's target audience? I would say our target audience is is the patients with HAE, their caregivers, the entire family, because we need to provide support for the entire family, because watching someone suffering from HAE is very challenging. We are also here for the healthcare professionals who have to care for HAE patients. Um, and other uh, healthcare professionals along the way, not only their physician, their nurse, but also if they would need physiotherapy due to an injury and trying to come back from it, from having an HAE attack. And I would like us to be um, the point where we collaborate the care for every patient. Uh, one term that we've been using on this podcast has been the HAE community, and we've been using it to kind of address uh, 
the HA community you just described at large. Um, but we were also just wondering that, uh, in your words, how could listeners perhaps get involved in the HAE community? Uh, listeners <clears throat> could get involved by um, wanting to volunteer for HAE Canada. There's many ways to volunteer, which means giving very little amount of their time if they just want to help with an event once a year in their area, and that's all the time they have. We understand because living well with this disease, raising a family with this illness, takes everything from someone. But if everybody gives just a little bit of their time in whichever way that they can and with what they want and like to do, whether it's just supporting another patient, whether it's, you know, speaking to healthcare professionals to educate them on what it's like to live with this illness, um, any little piece really helps. I feel everyone reaching out to everyone and just providing a very supportive environment is what's going to make everyone be able to live well with this illness. Where would you like to see HAE Canada in two years? In two years, I would like to see us as a very stable and sustainable organization. I would like to see us part of the international world I would love to see us as the beginning point for everyone diagnosed with HAE. Well, thank you very much for taking the time out of your day to speak with us, Jackie. It's been a real pleasure to get your perspective. Okay, that sounds good. I'm glad that you asked me to do this. And uh, I hope that all the patients out there with HAE in Canada get a lot of support. This brings us to the end of our first episode of HAE Radio about HAE Canada. HAE Canada strives to achieve optimum health and well-being for those living with HAE and other related angioedema in Canada through organizational effectiveness, equipping patients, building the community, and advocacy. Please stay tuned for more episodes. In our next episode, we'll ask the question, what is hereditary angioedema? For part of this episode, we'll be asking our guests what HAE means to them, And we would like to extend this question to you, our listeners. If you would like to contribute, please leave us a voicemail with one word that best describes what HAE means to you. Our telephone number is 613-761-8008. The best time to leave a message for us is between 4.30 p.m. and 6.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Thank you for listening to this edition of HAE Radio. HAE Radio is a podcast produced by HAE Canada that aims to raise awareness about HAE in Canada by conveying relevant information to our audience. HAE Radio seeks to create a positive environment where listeners can engage with the HAE community on a wide range of topics. HAE Radio is made possible by the support of our sponsors, CSL Bearing, Shire, and BioChrist. We would also like to thank our partner, H-A-E-I, for their continued support. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please email us at h-a-e-radio at This episode was released November 20th, 2015. H-A-E Radio is an H-A-E Canada production. Please visit us at our website, www.haecanada.org.